Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, depending on what region you learn to say the prophet's name in, from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The prophet writes, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud, their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faithfulness. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we are continuing our sermon series, Who Do We Choose to Be? In the midst of all that is happening around us, we as the church, we as St. Mark United Methodist Church must choose to be a people of hope. Growing up in a hurricane-prone country, there is always a possibility that the power would be disrupted by the hurricane. And with the tropical climate, there is nothing more frustrating than the loss of power in the heat of a summer night. Now, while you may be able to get some cooling in the day by going to the beach or going to one of the rivers close by. There is nothing really to help in the middle of the night. And so when the power goes out for a day or two, we are just miserable. And I remember on a number of occasions when the power would go out and we would be stewing in the heat of the night and we would repeatedly check to see if the power comes on even though we know it's not and I would go and flick that switch ever so often and my mom would tell me to stop it because I know the power is out but I just wanted just, just, just even for a second that by flicking that switch it may come on. There was one particular time when we had Hurricane Gilbert and the power was out for more than a month. The devastation was so bad that the government had to be putting back up utility poles and be running power lines. And what we thought would have happened in a week stretched to two weeks and to three weeks and into a month and even beyond. And we got frustrated. The wait was too long. The nights were hot. We were miserable. And I remember one night, probably in our sixth week, we were standing outside. I lived at a cul-de-sac, and that's where my friends and I would gather. And we, were, we were standing outside, and we were just bemoaning the miserable heat that we were experiencing. And one of our friends in the group said, look. And she pointed to the hill where the neighboring community was. And, and we all looked up, and when we looked, we saw lights. 
in the windows of our neighbors' houses on the hill, and we just started making noise on the street because we realized if there was light in the neighboring community, then light would eventually get to us. It was closer than the day before. We had hope. The light in the neighboring community was hope for us because we know if they had light, we too will get light soon. We hear the lament, we hear the cry of the prophet Habakkuk. The prophet cried out to God, how long? How long, O Lord, will evil seem to be winning? How long will injustice continue? The prophet cried out to God because he was witnessing in his in his time where those who were entrusted to care for the marginalized and the poor, those who were entrusted to care for the vulnerable and the needy were taking advantage of them. They were seeking their own self-interest. They were putting themselves first and justice was perverted. There was a miscarriage of justice everywhere that he turned. And he cried out, how long, O oh God, how long? The prophet's cry, his lament, is not strange to us as Christians, to us as believers, because even before us, there were others who were crying out, how long, O Lord? When, O Lord? I want to move beyond just simply saying we live in a broken world. We live in a world where evil exists. And when we see evil on every hand, when we see the miscarriage of justice, when we see those who are in power, who are supposed to be making a difference, a good difference in our world, doing the opposite, we cry out, how long, O Lord? And so the prophet, he saw what was happening and he cried out to God. We too, like the prophet, have a reason to cry out. If you turn the news on, you're probably greeted with the next shooting in Atlanta or the next shooting somewhere. You hear the stories of all the things that are happening around that make us want to say, God, when? When will you come? When will you intervene? In the midst of this political cycle, you have seen all the ads and you have heard persons saying, we will be the best candidate, but then the cycle repeats itself that when they're elected, they go and they do something totally different. We know how that story goes. We have seen it. Persons who should be looking out for the good of everyone, they take side with the privilege and the wealthy and the systems of injustice. And we say, God, how long? That's what the prophet was crying out. How long, O oh God, how long? How long should I stand and see the wicked prospering? How long should I stand and see where evil seems to be the order of the day? How long, O oh God? Our cry goes up to God, how long? And if you read through the Psalms, you will, you will hear the writers on different occasions lamenting before God, saying, how long, O oh God? Why don't you come? Why don't you come to our rescue? Why don't you come to help us, O oh God? From one age to the next, from one generation to the next, we see where evil takes its grip and persons avail themselves to the works of injustice. And for those of us who look on, we say, God, how long? 
But I want to remind you today that the prophet Habakkuk didn't just simply cry out to God, but he said, I'm going to take a stand. The prophet took a stand. And as I was listening to the text again yesterday when I was in the kitchen, as I was listening to it being read, I, I, I realized this, this stance that the prophet took was not just to simply stand in one place, but he took a stand on the promises of God. I would invite you when you get home this evening or throughout the, re the week to read the entire book of Habakkuk. There are only four chapters. But in one of them, he actually says, I remember of all the things I heard that you did. I, I remember what our four parents told us that you did, O oh God, the mighty works that you had done. And so he was standing on that thing which he had heard, the, 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 the reports that had been given. He stood on the promises of God. Today, I want to encourage us as the church, as, as believers, as, as people of faith, to stand on the promises of God. Even when we see the evil around us, even when we see the injustice, do not partake in them, but to stand on the promises of God. Stand in hope, because that's what the prophet did. He remembered what was told from one generation to the next about the God who delivered, the God who was faithful, the God who sustained, the God who provided, and he stood on that. He said, now I am going to stand on the promises. I'm going to stand. I'm going to take my stance, and I'm going to see. I'm going to stand on the rampart, and I'm going to watch. I'm going to wait. You see, church, the work for justice, the work for righteousness is a long and a hard work. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't come about in a flick of a finger. It is work that is continued over and over from one generation to the next. And yes, we want God to fix everything immediately, but God has a plan. And God invites us to participate in that plan as agents of change, agents of transformation, and agents of hope. And we have been equipped to do what we can in our world to make the difference that we are longing to see. It was just this past Thursday or Friday, we were watching the evening news with David Muir, and they had the story about Sophie Koppenberg from Posey County, Indiana. A teenager in high school who found out that there were seven black men that were, were, were lynched almost a century before. And she wondered how she had never heard anything about this in her classes. No one had taught her this. And so she started doing some research and she realized that it actually had happened and, and even the bodies of four of the men were taken into the courthouse. And so what Sophie did was to continue doing her research, but also started to talk to people. She started talking to the city, the city council leaders and, and wanting something to be done. It didn't happen overnight. But with her continued persistence, with her continued work, with her continued conversation, eventually she went to the last council meeting and she spoke to them about what happened and how they need, needed to acknowledge the injustice that was done and to have something in place as a remembrance for the lives that were taken. A teenager 
in high school, a senior working in week after week, month after month, trying to get the justice that was deserving. And eventually at her last press conference or her last conference with the city council, they decided that something needed to be done. And this week, they had a bench as a plaque that was put in front of the courthouse honoring the lives of the seven men who were lynched. The media was there in full, taking pictures of the story of this one young lady, a senior in high school who would not relent, who would not give up, but kept on going until justice was done. The work that we have to do as the church may not happen overnight, and it will certainly not happen overnight. The work that we have to do as agents of change will not happen overnight. And it will be long and it will be arduous and it will be time taken, but we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. We can take our stance. We can stand on the hope of the truth that God will bring everything into God's will, into alignment with the will of God that darkness will not overcome light and evil will not overcome good. If you go into your books, the good book, and you read Hebrews 11, you hear the stories of faith, of men and women who continued doing the work that they knew they should have been doing. Men and women who stood up to kings and to tyrants. Men and women who shut the mouths of lions. Men and women who kept on going even when there were plots against their lives. The stories of faith of men and women who were bold enough and, and brazen enough to speak truth to power. All of us as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to participate in this work, in this good work of justice, of righteousness, of truth. And we cannot sit back and wait for someone else to do it. We cannot sit back and wait for our politicians to do it. We are called to do it. And we are called to live and to stand in hope as a people of hope. You see, the prophet realized that he had his belief rooted and grounded in a just God, but he was also living in an unjust world. And how do you balance these? How do you balance that? It's to stand on the truth of what we know, that God is faithful. And in the end, God's will will reign over this earth. In the end, the will of God, the justice of God will unveil and unfold across the face of the earth. So when you feel like evil is winning, when you feel like injustice is having its way, do not give up. Do not lose hope. When you realize that over all the years there are still boundaries where recognizing the equality of all of God's children, do not give up, do not lose hope. One of the things that was, was, was recognized in this passage of scripture was that the prophet didn't give in to cynicism because things weren't working out immediately. He didn't give in to despair, he didn't give in to hopelessness. He said, I will take my stance. St. Mark, as a congregation, as a church, we need to take our stance. We need to stand on the word of God and stand on what we know is true and do the work that we must do. 
do the work that we must do. You see, hope is the anchor of our souls. Hope is a thing that keeps us, even when the storms of life rage high, even when injustice seems to be winning and evil has a, a firm clasp on our society. Hope is what keeps us. We are not supposed to lose hope. If you think of the speech of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in I Have a Dream, he was speaking of something that was not yet, but what he know will be one day. He was longing for something that was not yet, but that was possible. You see, church, we live in what they call the not, what is already but not yet. We live in that time where we see the kingdom of God coming. It's coming, but it's not fully yet revealed. And we have the responsibility to work as children of the kingdom of God. Let us not lose hope. Let us not lose hope and let us not lose heart. Because God is not finished with what God is doing in renewing the world. And one of the things I say repeatedly, we may not be able to change the whole world, but we can change our world. We can change our, our schools, we can change our workplaces, we can change our neighborhoods, we can change our communities, we can make the difference. Habakkuk didn't lose heart. God responded to him, God said, I have a plan, but I want you to write it down. Write it down, make the vision plain because it will come to pass. And you and I know when God has a plan, no human, no, no demon from hell, nothing can stop the plan of God. Write it down, make the vision plain. Set it for the appointed time and even if it lingers, even if you're working and the work seems to be taking you longer than you had anticipated, the work of justice, the work of righteousness, even if it tarries, do not lose heart, do not give up. The Lord told Habakkuk, hold fast to it, write it down, make it plain. Several years ago, I heard the story about a Jewish family in Nazi Germany. They were given their rations of food for the month and the night before Hanukkah, when they should, the night of Hanukkah, when they should be lighting the candles, the father realized he was out of candles. And the father looked and saw that he had butter. It was the last bit of butter that he had. And he took the butter and he made it into a ball and he got a wick and he stuck the wick in the butter and he lit it and it started burning and the flame started getting bigger. And the son looked at him and said, Father, Father, that's the last bit of butter we have. And it's two more weeks before our next ration. Why would you do that? And the father responded to him and said, Son, if we don't have butter, we don't have butter. But if we don't have hope, we do not have life. Today, I encourage you, I encourage all of us, do not lose hope. Because God who is faithful, God who has been with us every step of the way is the God who will see us through. 
It's the God whose justice will prevail in the earth. It's the God whose righteousness will unfold throughout all the earth. And we who are disciples of Jesus Christ, we who are children of God, we have been equipped to participate in this work. So do not lose hope. And do not lose heart. Be not dismayed, whatever betide, because God is with us and God will always be with us. In the name of God, the Creator, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.